Welcome! You're tuned in to the rest of the sermon, a podcast where we dive deeper into content, conversation, and application of Sunday Sermon at Westside Church in Poplar Bluff. If you want more information, you can visit our website at westsidepb.org. If you have any questions you'd like answered on this podcast, you can email them to info at westsidepb. Most importantly, it's all about Jesus. We are back to the rest of the sermon, and I don't think we can say we have special guests anymore. I think they might be insulted if we don't call them special. Uh, I still feel still special. special. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good, good, awesome. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is the voice of Mr. and Mrs. Murphy Music, LLC. No, I'm just kidding. You guys are just the Murphys before you're anything else. Yeah. John Murphy, Miss Haley, Mrs. Uh, Haley Murphy will carry that over. So welcome, guys. Glad to have you back. Thanks. Thanks. Did you guys get any feedback from like people that listened? Yeah, I had a lot of people text. It's like, wow, you sound great on the podcast. No. <laughs> really? That's yeah. awesome. Great. Did they expect you to sound fat? You're the music guy. Like you sing, John. <laughs> it was my mom. She's like, oh, wow. Oh. I never knew you had a voice for radio. I agree. <laughs> nice. Always the face, never the voice. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> Welcome to KWC. Yes, <laughs> did you so now? Great. Did you say that you had people reach out to you too? No, mostly oh. just John boys. So. Okay. Well, nice. Haley kind of got all that at the after we did the Mother's Day thing. Very yeah, true. She's a veteran. Very true. Yeah, so that, it was really your debut. Yeah. yeah. It's really about you, John. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> That's not great. Not Hosea, not the Lord. Oh, John. Man. Okay. I love it. Before we get into it. Yep. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm gonna make you guys ask a really. I'm gonna ask a deep, deep question. I love it. Would you rather? Okay. NBA superstar or president of the United States? That's an NBA superstar, hands down. I want nothing to do with being president of the United States. You don't want States. the power. You just want the oh, fame and glory. Oh, oh. Give me the money and the shoes. I was going to say. I don't, <laughs> I don't want any of I don't want to know the nuclear codes. I don't want to know who shot Kennedy. I don't want to know. I want to know that. I know. I don't want to know. Give, I do. I want to know that one. That's I just one want I vanity, vanity, vanity. Yeah. As, yeah so, so great. What about you guys? Yeah, I would say a, a basketball star. Well, basketball's not my favorite sport. Oh, no, yeah, but, sure. I mean, yeah, definitely. Professional a athlete. Star. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Pro athlete. Okay. Yeah. All the power, not the responsibility. Yes. <laughs> yes. Haley? I mean, I don't really feel like either of either them. Maybe assistant to the president or... Like chief of staff assistant or... That doesn't count because you'd be good at that. We're talking about yeah. like <laughs> other stuff That's here. That's not how I want to be that. Yeah. I would just, yeah, it'd be Okay, great. would you rather be a movie star or the vice president of the United States. A movie star. Okay. Movie star. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. There we go. That would be fun. It would be fun. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want people all up in my business the way they are movie stars. Right. I got you, but hopefully, like the basketball players also like basketball. Right. right? For like, sure. At some point, they like the game. Oh yeah. You had to be that good and to have to have gone through that. Yes, you've got to be in love with the game. For sure. I thought that was a great question, though, and going through would you rather stuff. I One of them it. I found was um, new wardrobe every week or a pair of new shoes. And I thought, I can't ask that of Jason. He'll pick oh, the shoes all the time. Yeah, that's a close. I mean, it's it's not a close one, but ooh, man, to get like a fresh suit too mm. every week, man, that'd be tough. I remember Roman's a would you rather was, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? Oh. Huh? Oh, wow. Okay. 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 <laughs> Again, yeah. would you rather fight one duck 
the size of a horse? Mm-mm. Nope. Or would you rather fight a hundred horses the size of ducks? I'm going hundred for- horses yeah. the size of ducks. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Is, also, is it hand to hand combat? I mean, you can get a bat. Okay. I guess. I'm something. kicking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something, something like that. I just think it would be so fun to look at them all. Yeah. Like, but what I'm is telling that? you, a if herd? if chickens were even the size of dogs, but chickens are the size of chickens, and I hate everything about I, them. I mean, I'm if serious. If if a chick, lips. if birds in general were mm-hmm. any bigger than they are now, humanity would be a major in threat. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and it's a pterodactyl. It's a dinosaur. Exactly yeah. Oh my goodness, thought. man. Yeah. yeah, that's over. I think that's why I'm scared of my chickens is because I know they're dinosaurs. Yeah. Like, so hey, mm-hmm. those of you listening, here, here is your question. Send it in. Post it on Facebook. Send us a message at Westside Church of God or Westside Grace Family. My goodness. That's the first time. I think that's the first slip up ever. But let us know. Would you rather fight one duck the size of a horse or would you rather fight a hundred horses the size of ducks? Please. Yeah. Message in and let us know along with your questions about eternal salvation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the purpose of the yes. rest of the sermon. Yeah. So, hey, guys, we are still in um, the Minor Prophets. Quite the jump this week into the book of Amos. And so just to hear from you guys, what was your overall vibe? Um, Miss Nikki, what was it like from a kid's side perspective? And then you guys just kind of chime in whenever, wherever. It was quite the transition this week. It really was. I think for the kid's side perspective, coming out of Hosea, being love, love, love. Yeah. um, Into the, okay, hey, this is law. You're, you're doing head stuff now, yep. making that um, transition, but also teaching that to the kids Good. that both are God, yep. both are correct. Yep. And it's somewhere in that middle is where we have to meet. Beautiful. We take it where it lies yeah. in the Bible, you know, for sure. How about you guys? I think it was really good to see those two back to back because I think often in ministry or really everywhere, we think that there are two things that are opposition. Sure. When really, I mean, Kayla talked to about this at the women's conference of rest and work. They're not enemies Mm. and love and, you know, this justice justice is, it's not enemies. And even what we're talking about in our book, um, just mercy and it's, things are not enemies. They're both Yep. They're both of the same thing, and we are people mirrored after God. Yes. We are multifaceted. That's we good. have, you know, all these different angles. A person is more than one thing. That's good. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hosea is the love of God. Amos's message is the justice of God. But as I've learned it, God's justice flows from God's love. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. and then it was just such a stark transition but it was healthy. You know, we had a quote in there, but then I read Acts 20 where the apostle Paul's leading Ephesus, leaving Ephesus. And he says, therefore I declare to you today that I'm innocent of the blood of any of you for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will or whole counsel of God. Like I think probably Paul's the only pastor that's ever, there's been a few pastors that have preached like through the new Testament and stuff during their pastorate. But when I read that and just thought, Paul as a pastor is able to go, hey guys, we planted the church. We were here. I was here for five, six, seven years, man. And I can tell you, I preached I preached the full counsel of God to you. Like what? And to say that I'm 
innocent of your blood. Like that's a way to say, I'm innocent of your ignorance. That if you die, <laughs> you know, due to ignorance or if God's justice comes on you, it's not because I lacked in teaching. And I just thought, what a goal to aspire to, you know, on something like that. And the and the application sentence was, Christians grow in maturity from the variety that the Bible offers. My question to you guys is this. What would you say was the primary thrust, or maybe you did grow up and there was the whole counsel of God. Um, what was the primary thrust of the message of either the gospel, the Bible teaching that you were sort of absorbed in growing up as a kid, being in church when you think of church. For me, I think it was not the whole counsel of God. My dad was an evangelist, which is primarily like, let's preach and proclaim the gospel and you need to make a decision for Jesus. And so it was, I really did think that the only purpose of the church was for people to meet Jesus. That's it. Mm. Now, that's a purpose. Um, I believe it's to meet and mature in Jesus, right? So there's a both and. Um, but I would say growing up that the that the counsel of God to me was just like meet Jesus. You got to make it, you got to get saved, you got to get saved. That was kind of the primary thing. How about you guys? Yeah, I think for me, it's, it's a similar story to yours. My dad was a kind of in an evangelical role so we went to a new church every week yeah. and it was more about, you know, this is the message and, and you know, proclaiming the gospel. Yeah. And I remember we, I never really had a church that was my home, but I remember one of the times um, we were in a church for more than one service and we went to uh, a, a play that they, they put on. And it was, um, I just remember the first time seeing the devil come up in this play and I like <laughs> bolted out of the sanctuary. I was so scared. Yeah, dude, so, like, sure. The, it was always love. And it was like every time you, you know, the first time I actually saw, you know, anything depicting Satan or yeah. the devil was just super scary to me. Wow, so that's I think good. it was more gospel centered. That's good. That's great, man. That's perfect. How about you guys? Well, I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum. <laughs> okay. Um, I knew Jesus and we were to be like Jesus and Jesus loved me. Yeah. All the little children of the world. Yeah. Um, but it was hellfire and brimstone. Yeah, you better it not was, mess up. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> I remember um the San Andreas earthquake and the um Golden Gate Bridge collapsing. Mm. You guys are younger, sure. so um but I remember that happening and I was watching. My grandma was one who watched like CNN headline news all the sure, time. Everything's breaking news. Everything yeah. was breaking news all the time. And she's like, see, the world is so broken. That's sin. That's, and I remember crying going, Lord, please. Die. I mean, right. I was terrified sure. as a child because it was more, yeah. it wasn't as love centered. We knew, sure. but it would, the pendulum was very much the opposite of John's. Yeah, for sure. How about you, Haley? I don't know. I felt like just void of emotion mm -hmm. if that was any like it wasn't your damn to hell but it also wasn't the love of god mm. it was very just like this is the service this is the order um we used to even have like a time limit on the preacher it was a 20 yeah. to 15 minutes sermon like max oh. and so when i first sat under your preaching and i realized I mean, that i had sat through an hour and i wasn't like oh my gosh it was is an hour here's my philosophy it takes 10 minutes to set the rig up <laughs> 10 minutes to take the rig down if i'm only drilling for 10 minutes i can't get very deep no so there mm. you go yep but it yep. was just like I don't know. It was just kind of, we were there. It was very topical. What yeah. I mean, there was no 
preaching through the whole book of anything. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of pulling context. Sure. I think it was just like, and this word is on my heart today. It was a lot of the fishing stories that, right. you know, but yep. I don't feel like there was ever like this big sanctification or yeah. you're going to go to hell or you're, sure. not, I mean, but I think like in my home, I would say my dad was very more like this is the law of God, and my mom was very more this is the grace of God. Mm. Yeah, wow, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, I just find it interesting, you know, just looking at that and the whole counsel of God. And so this week we're in Amos. Yeah. And so we switched gears. We learned about him as a prophet um, that he calls women cows. Yeah, that was yeah. super fun. <laughs> um, I mean, it was like I could hear nervous laughter, and then I could like look at people go, is he being honest right now? And, and then I was like, and here it is. You know, Amos is... slide. Right? <laughs> Amos is this ordinary farmer guy, shepherd, and God chooses him, and he is blunt. He's to the point. He's all of that stuff. Um, and his name means burden bearer. We landed on that as a big deal. But I think that gives Amos credibility, 100%. especially in when you broke it down that he was passed over yep. to become a rabbi. Like he was basically, you know, the kid that was like, mm, nope, not yep. that one. That even though yeah. his name has this weight and he wasn't wanted for this particular job, the fact he was blunt and very to the point, calling women cows, um, you know. <laughs> and, and it's literally, he says, you cows of Basan who yell at your husband, bring me another drink. And like, just that language, you can picture like a desperate housewife scene and just this, and Amos is just prophesying judgment See, to the women of Israel like you that. You meant desperate housewives, and I'm like, that's a housewife of pick major metropolis that's on TV. Bring me <laughs> another good. one. Right, that's good, that's good. But we said that Amos... The message of Amos is so prophetic and justice, like even Dr. King quoted the book of Amos in his famous I Have a Dream speech. Let we will not be okay until, you know, and then he says, We will not be okay until justice rolls like the rivers and waters. And that comes from the book of Amos. And so that the message of Amos is one of justice and judgment. And what's interesting is, is he does it in the first couple chapters, he's prophesying to surrounding countries. Then he, in chapter five, he like judges Israel and they try to kill him. <laughs> like chapter six naturally. or seven. Yeah, yeah. naturally. And so <laughs> yeah. they're like, yeah, that's right. You tell Damascus, you tell Babylon. And then he's like, hear, oh, Israel. And they're like, we need to kill this guy. Okay. <laughs> but we, we sort of landed on expanding on his name, meaning burden bearer. And and I just spent a little time and we can't recreate it here in the podcast room, but I said, when we think of a prophet, I pulled out a bullhorn and just was like, repent and sort of yelling and whatever street preacher, if you've ever seen something like that. I think that when people think of what a prophet is, that's what they think of a impersonal, I'm just going to say judgment on you. Mm. But then Amos changes the game and his name means burden bearer. And we see someone who's broken, you know, sort of over Israel and over the surrounding nations. Even I didn't have time, but like even Jeremiah at one point argues with God and says, you tricked me. He says, you patad me, which is the Hebrew word for magic. So like, God, you tricked me into being a prophet because when I preach, 
these people don't listen. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do anything. And I have to say these hard things. And then I watch them destroy their lives. And like, we, when you really understand what it is to be a prophet, like it's, it's a, we learned that being a prophet, I think here's the sentence. Being like a prophet isn't just speaking boldly, it's loving radically. Mm. That's yeah. probably like more in the line of the biblical prophets. Does that adjust and kind of change the image of a prophet in your mind? What do you think of when you think of prophet? It, and even like reading through your notes, um, addressing political, moral, and religious corruption of their day. Yeah. We have a lot of people right now speaking prophetically. Yeah. And I say that sure, um, because they're just speaking things that they see wrong. Mm -hmm. Great. I appreciate that. You have opinions, you have thoughts, but the radical love is desperately missing. Mm, that's good. Yeah. What about you guys? When you think of a prophet, what do you think of? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Yeah. I mean, that of speaking justice yeah. to people. Um, Truth to power. Yeah. Mm. And I think you talk about it a lot, but grace without truth is hypocrisy and truth without grace is brutality. Yeah. And I think when I see, or when I think of a prophet, I only think of one half of that. It's good. And it also just shows again, like if that's prophets, what God is calling you to be, that is what he is again. And I have to remember that right. always, if he's asking that of his people, it's because that is him himself. And so yes. if he's saying like, say this, prophesize this, but do it out of love that everything that he calls me to do is also out of this radical love. It's yeah. embodied in the person of Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Yes. It's embodied in Jesus. That's good. John, you're a movie guy, music guy. I want to know what image comes to your mind when you think of prophet. Oh man. Um, it's hard to it's hard to get past like the Tupac and Biggie thing. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's just, yeah. Just the way that they had you know a deeper level of understanding of lyrics and, and yes. words and and putting those together. I like it, and I feel like it's almost supernatural in a way. And yeah. so being you know touched by God in in order to say these things that you wouldn't normally say yeah. on your own volition is I like kind it. Of, like where did that come from? How, how, how did I say that? I, didn't, <laughs> I could never think of that. That's you know? good. You know Billy Graham always when he would quote uh, the lyric of a current artist, watch his sermons. He always says, and the modern day prophet Simon mm -hmm. Garfunkel yeah, says, yeah. Yeah. because he's saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. He's saying to speak these words and to do that is a prophetic gifting yeah. in that sense. But what we said was, is that it's not just the speaking, but it's the being burdened. Um, and this was our working definition. A burden is the heaviness of heart over the brokenness of sin. Okay. That's what a burden is, a sorrow, a heaviness of heart. So I have a question. What breaks your heart? What What do you – and we don't have to get all crazy real – or we can. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, is there – do you have a general burden, um, like, over the brokenness of humanity? Is it – what is it? When you survey the world and you see what's going on, what is a heaviness of heart to you over the brokenness of sin? I think it's kind of similar to what Amos is talking about in here. He's he's calling Christians out for 
praying over and not doing so much service. Mm. And so it's like that lack of, you know, we know what the problems are. We can see all of the evidence of these things. I'm just going to pray about it. No, that's, we need that. We need prayer, yes. but we also need service. We need action. Okay. Yeah. And there's, there's so many things in our country right now and just the world where yeah. we, we want to give thoughts and prayers and those are important and those have a place, but we also need service. We yes. also need, you know, God calls us to do action as well as pray to him. So. Yes, that's good, man. That's really good, John. How about you guys? I think love is a verb. I think to back up what John is saying, that there needs to be work done. But that first, that radical love, we can sit back and give our thoughts, our opinions, our insight, whatever. The world does not need more opinions. Yeah, man. We need more love, period, plain and simple. It's just people, when they sin, especially those that are either on the cusp of coming to Christ or are in Christ and maybe just being disobedient, they feel that shame, weight, and guilt. Yeah. They know it. They don't need more, you're going to hell, you're doing wrong. They need more, hey, I know this isn't right. You know this isn't right. I love you anyway. Let's move towards something. They need someone to partner up with. Yeah, the funny thing is, is those who, um, like, like I heard Tim Keller say, when we tell sinners to repent of their sin, we also need be reminded to remind self-righteous people to mm -hmm. repent of their self-righteousness. Yes. And so it's, it's funny because the people who oftentimes, and we see it in the book of Amos, who are the most um, respond the harshest are the religious, yeah. you know, elite, those who say, well, I'm good because, you know, Tim Keller says religious people find God useful. Mm -hmm. Christians find God beautiful. I'm yeah. almost offended anymore mm -hmm. when someone, because they know my position and they yeah. know where I stand or they, they know me and they're like, well, you're really religious, so you don't understand. I'm like, I almost get offended right. by that. Yeah, because so I'm, I'm like, not human now? Well, it's <laughs> yeah. not even that. I almost feel like them calling me religious is an insult. I'm like, no, I have a relationship with this guy named Jesus. Mm -hmm. I wish you could see him and understand him the way that I'm learning to do. It's not my religion, you know, in quotes. Yeah, yeah, that's good. How about you, Haley? When it comes to a heaviness of heart over the brokenness of sin, what does that look like? I think um, I just desire true discipleship. I think mm. we do a lot of, the church is great at providing even community sometimes. And I yeah. think that that gets overlooked of what actual discipleship is. And I think it's easy to, you know, um, talk to a bunch of people or be in a group, but what does it look like to take someone one-on-one -on -one and walk mm. life with them? Yeah, And that's really hard even though that's like the exact thing that we're called as Christians to do. And it doesn't say pick a perfect person or pick the person that you tolerate or pick the person that you like yeah. even. It's good. Um, and I think that that is really hard because I think there's a lot of things I can get brokenhearted with about the world, but I'm supposed to be brokenhearted about the world. The world is not yeah. um, about Christ. But yeah. when I look into Christians and even the people that I'm around, are we discipling and why do I yearn for a disciple and why am I not yeah. discipling? Yeah. So, yeah. So you're burdened for almost maturity in, in that sense. It's, I would say that in the beginning, cause I think I was probably raised under that is I was very burdened uh, and for the lost and I still am. It's just my primary heart is to, I feel like speak to the masses and I would love to see non-Christians come to know Christ. Yeah. I mean, that just is so incredible. But I feel like over the past, you know, three to four years and really COVID revealed a lot of stuff was I was originally burdened for the prodigal son. Mm. 
And I believe God is now giving me a burden for the elder brother, mm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the prodigal is the prodigal. He'll be there. But man, when you really meditate in that story, mm-hmm. it's really about the elder brother. It's, there's no ending to it. Does, does the elder brother go back in? Does he, you know, and it's like, oh man. So yeah, I would say that's a burden, you know. And then we had one point. The one sermon had one point. <laughs> it was the big idea. And it was that the book of Amos teaches us that believers are burdened over what is broken. I think that's a huge thrust that you can see in the book. We were reminded um, that Amos' strongest words are even to the religious elite. <laughs> hey, guys, remember in the Bible that time God said he hated your worship service? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's in Amos 5. <laughs> I mean, like, he even gets specific, man. He caught away with the noise yeah, of your yeah. song. You picked Oof. up on that, didn't you, John? Oh, yeah, that's like my ears perked up. I was like, oh, no, it's noise. <laughs> Do you remember when John Lennon and Paul McCartney had a little bit of a beef, and he, in one of his songs, John Lennon said to Paul, your your songs are muzak to yeah. my ears, yeah. the elevator yeah. music. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I was just thinking God was like all up in Israel on that music to my ears. But we said that, um, so our first response should be brokenness, right? Over the, over the state of things. And I love the way that you put that, Haley, the world's going to be the world. But we said that there's some responses. Israel was not responding with, with a burden or over brokenness. So we walk through, Nikki, why don't you walk us through what we called an entitled burden builders. Yeah. These are people, you know, caricatures, responses, what have you that are the opposite of bearing a burden. These people build burdens. So we have the shrugger. Who cares? Not my problem. Eh, whatever. Me. Yeah. <laughs> the blamer. Well, their problem is that and yeah. I, I, I hear that in so many voices. Right. Yeah. You can fill in the blanks. I can fill in the blanks. The talker. You know, if I was in charge, I would. Throw football over those mountains. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Rico. <laughs> the planner. We really need to meet about this. And then the doer. We don't need a plan. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So obviously we could fill in oh. as, as the day is long, you know, on those. Strugger, the blamer, the talker, the planner, the doer. What? Where do you find yourself? Where where would you say, um, I mean, I could almost look at this and say seasons in my life. Yeah. I vacillate in between different ones. Seasons, days of the week, yeah, depending sure. on the situation. What would you say, though, with the core, the opposite of your personality is kind of the rut, is the default. If you're kind of in that funk, in that vibe, you're not br- burdened over what's broken, you're you're responding with this reaction. Which one do you identify with the most? Well, what you need to do is <laughs> that's mine. Yep, yep, absolutely, right. I it, think mine is just doing it. Maybe not asking. Maybe not seeking. If that's God's counsel, sure. but like, oh, this needs to get done. Let's just do it. Let's do it. And there that's probably good. does need to be a plan sometimes, or talking to somebody else, or sure. maybe even getting feedback on how that should be done. Mary and, and Martha. Yeah. I mean, we, Jesus says that she has chosen the best portion. She sat at his feet and he told the person in the background doing all the dishes to stop doing it. You know, that's a big My deal. My mom hates when you preach on that. She's like, and then when were the dishes supposed to get done? <laughs> that's like, well, right. well, the point I'm is, like, this G- is ingrained in me. <laughs> yeah, right. But the point is, is Jesus is in the room. Yeah. <laughs> 
coffees. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the dishes, yeah, the dishes, they're there, man. They're there for sure. What about you, Nick? Um, I think in my area of ministry, I'm definitely a doer. Yeah. But because my area of ministry consumes my time, yeah. I'm really good to look at like Haley and John or even you and be like, that ain't my problem. I can't really do that. I got yeah. this over here. That's good. So I'll be like, I'll pray for them, but I don't even know where to start with that one. That's good. So I will absolutely compartmentalize. That's good. I would I would probably say I vacillate between the talker and the shrugger. I think if I'm passionate about something or if I'm sitting in another church service or doing something, I'm probably like, man, you know, I would, if I was the boss around here or something, or I'm just like, man, who cares? My life is so crazy. That is not my problem. That'll take care of itself. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll stay like it's not. I'm staying in my lane. They're driving their car over there. Right. Sometimes that's dangerous when you're on the same highway. We read that Jesus in Luke 11 just says, I mean, these are such strong words. And you experts in the law, woe to you. Okay, that's God in the flesh sending a woe to someone. (laughs) Like that's the equivalent of a curse or something like that. Because you load down people with burdens that they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift a finger to help them. And then we said this sentence, Jesus did not come to bring burdens. He came to bear them. How does that sentence hit you? Jesus did not come to bring burdens. He came to bear them, kind of like the book we're reading as a staff, gentle and lowly, right? How does that sentence hit you? There's a freedom in that, Hmm. that I cannot, and and I see this for the people when he's speaking again to the religious leaders, you experts in the law, you guys know what you're supposed to be doing. You can't do this. I have to do this, that you're not even willing to help the people you're condemning. For me as a believer, there is a freedom that... I can help people and I can only do so much and I want to do those things, but I'm going to get bogged down if it's all on me. It's not all on me. It's on Jesus because he bared that burden. That's good. That's really good. How about you guys? How does that sentence strike you? Jesus didn't come to bring burdens, give you burdens. He came to bear your burdens. I think it's a good reminder. I think, uh, you know, I, I'm guilty of getting bogged down and being like, okay, well, I got to do this. I got to do this. And then you can't pour from an empty cup. And so mm. realizing that it's not about you, it's about Jesus. And Jesus is the one who needs to carry those burdens. And That's I think good. that, uh, you know, do as much as you can as it, you know, relies on you. Yeah. And uh, just to remind myself that it's not not my burden to carry it uh, sometimes. That's good. That's really good. How about you, Haley? I think just the idea that it proposes the question, why are you fighting this so much? Mm. Like, this is good. This relieves stress as opposed to adding it. It's good. Like, why are you fighting this? Yeah, that's really good. I think it's also the inverse is true, right? If Christianity feels burdensome, that's not of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's not like... Now, there is some responsibility that we have of... I mean, there's, there's only one way to read your Bible. Like, you know, there's only one way to make time to pray and to do... But it shouldn't be burdensome. I'm not working for those things. I should be working from the yeah. grace and mercy of Jesus Christ in light of that. And then it was, you know, we said, obviously, that Jesus is the greatest prophet. In, in Hebrews 1, um, it says that long ago, God spoke to us through the prophets. 
but in the last days he spoke to us through his son, that Jesus is the greatest prophet. So in Amos, we see a man weeping over his city. But in Jesus, in Luke 13, we see Jesus weeping over Jerusalem, saying, oh, that I would have gathered you. Um, And it's just a beautiful thing to see that even Jesus, who is the self-righteous person, who could have called 10,000 leagues of angels down from the cross, who is the only truly wronged person in history, still responded in brokenness and everything like that. I think, just think that's going to change the world. We, we left with two application questions. What breaks your heart and what are you going to do about it? Is it was there anything that sort of the Spirit brought to the surface um, when it comes to that? Any area? I mean, then we read a lot of stats yeah. from Butler County, Pupper Bluff, provided by Ofra. I mean, just... Popper Bluff Regional Medical reports treating one drug overdose per day in the ER on average. The Butler County Coroner reports one to two suicides a month. That's actually increased. It's not decreased. These are really old statistics. Um, This part gets me. The age of the first time for using cigarettes is seven. Alcohol, 10-year-olds. Marijuana, 12-year-olds. Prescription drug, 12-year-olds. And that 13-year-olds have already experimented with meth and cocaine. Guys, we're not a major metropolis. Like, we are a small area. That was probably the last one. The child abuse per 1,000. So the state average is 44.1 out of 1,000. Butler County is 60.5. Yeah, We're almost a quarter higher than the state average. And I just... I look and I survey Butler County and and I feel like I'm in Amos's world. I feel like I see a church on, and and please listen to me. Some of my best friends are pastors and they are working. I mean, I could name off right now five pastors in Popper Bluff that are legit to Mm -hmm. the core food pantries who are working, who are doing their thing. But I see like in the back of the newspaper, there are 70, 70 Baptist churches in the city limits of Popper Bluff. And like, then we read these stats and I don't know, man, there's a disconnect. I feel such a responsibility even for West side. Like, ah, I don't know, man. What breaks your heart for, for Popper Bluff? The fact that these stats are true, that because we are of the Bible belt, when you ask, I guarantee if we were to ask, stand outside Walmart and say, do you believe in Jesus? We're going to get more yeses than noes. Yeah. But then to know that there are so many people shrugging, going, mm, not my problem. Well, what they should do sure. is quit having kids, quit doing this, start doing that. We get the opinions. We don't get yeah. the love. Yeah, for sure. What about what about you, Haley, as a longstanding resident? And when you survey and look at Popper Bluff, Butler County, I mean, what breaks your heart? The kids. Yeah. Like, I just grieve for the kids. I get, you know, I hear a lot of stuff, and I guess part of it was uh, not my problem because I didn't have a kid. Mm. Um, but I think the more time I spend in Poplar Bluff, I realize I'd rather just stop it at the root, like mm-hmm. stop it at the beginning. Um, and then obviously John's a teacher, and just the things that he comes home and, and tells me, not even about Poplar Bluff, but just like, had a student who, you know, I sure. I didn't know if they were going to eat today, and so yeah. we gave them a snack or something like that. And just, it's one thing to you know want friendships and things, but like 
to take on a kid. Yeah. And like we went to, you know, a festival recently and they were just like, nobody is turned away from fostering. Like we need foster parents so bad. We have so many kids who are getting kicked out of homes who are not, you know, being taken in. And it was just one of those things of like, I don't know any more of a hands-on way that you can help out in the community. And yet, even though I feel that burden, we're not fostering. I mean, like I don't know the balance of that, of what you can take on and what you can't. But I think I grieve when I see the children because your parents are who lead you in life or some adult should be leading you in life and to go through life without any sort of guidance. Yeah. How are you going to end up with Jesus? I mean, I I know Jesus can conquer all of that. Sure. But he uses people to do it. He does. And so like, I want that person for all of the kids. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. How about you, John being in the school system and, I mean, dude, I don't know if you want to know what the culture is like, just walk through a school, oh, just yeah. yeah, be in a public school system. What what breaks your heart when you survey and look around? I mean, yeah, definitely the kids. That, that's a, a really close relationship that I have or, or a, a hot button issue for me is yeah. is making sure kids have everything they need. And, you know, I would like to say that I never get an email in the teacher emails saying, hey, we have a, a kid who doesn't have a parent right now. Is there anyone who can take them in for a semester? Yeah. And like to get that email. That's, that's, that's hard. You know, you want to yeah. do anything that you can for the kids and, uh, you know, teaching at previous schools in Virginia. I mean, we had, um, backpack programs where the kids would get sent home with a backpack full of food right? Uh, and it was discreet. So nobody else yep. knew and, yep. and all of those things, but just, you know, making sure that the kids have what they need because they can't help it. You know, yeah. some, no. we, we, we are not held, we are, we are held responsible for our actions, hundred uh, percent. but you know, when kids, they don't, always, you know, they're not responsible for their actions or right. they're not responsible for the consequences that they're receiving. Yeah, absolutely. From the actions of others yes, when it comes yeah. to that, for sure. Um, one thing I do want to plug really quick is we have a great relationship with Foster Adopt Connect mm-hmm. here in Butler County. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're wanting some more information. The statistic that Haley said is 100% true. And what's actually crazy is, is in the state of Missouri, that if every church pledged, I just, somebody just gave me this average, that if every church pledged like half a dozen families, six or something like that, there would be no more foster kids in the state of Missouri per capita of the churches and stuff. So you can Google Foster Adopt Connect Butler County. Um, The Bread Shed will also have information um, in regards to that as well. But at the end of the day, it's about carrying a burden. It's about having a burden. And we as believers, our hearts should break over the brokenness in the world. So as you go out this week, a prayer that we challenged uh, just to pray seven days a really short prayer is this, Heavenly Father, break my heart for what breaks yours. Just on the way to work, at work, just fire that up. I dare you. <laughs> and I just, I think you will have eyes to see and ears to hear at that point because um, God's heart is one of compassion mm-hmm. and a father towards his children and his creation and that. And so really, really cool. We're, we're pausing this week on the Minor Prophets and we've got a sermon series entitled, This Is My Story. Really excited about that. It's going to be some really cool information that you guys are going to be getting. So tune in to our Facebook Live this Sunday at 10 a.m. But Miss Nikki, what's crack a lacking uh, tomorrow night at Westside. Side. 
favorite time of the year. It yeah. is VBS. Yeah. So yeah. tomorrow night. <laughs> I love the sound yes, effects. Yes. No, that wasn't a sound machine. That no, was that was <laughs> yes. The leader Migos. of West Side is yeah. our own soundboard. Right. Um. No, it's tomorrow night at six thirty. Um. It. We have all the information up on Kids Side at West Side PB on yep. Facebook. Love it. Um. There's a Google link if you want to sign up early. Cool. If not, roll in at six thirty. Like. We will take you. What's the theme? What what can the kids get excited about? Um, it is all things glow. Glow, so, baby. Glow. Love when it. I know Jesus, I glow Jesus so I can show Jesus. Love it. It I is going to be a great, great time. We want all the kids there. If you are four through completed sixth grade, you are invited. I love it. Awesome, guys. You can contact our Facebook page. Get the church a call, 785-1805. VBS is by far the most intentional, hands-on, yeah. volume turn up to 10 time for the kids side kids to have fun but also at the same time just soak them in god's word and be extremely intentional upon discipleship so we are not babysitters that's right we're we disciple, makers. disciple makers that's a t-shirt right but there it's we it's ain't coming. babysitters we're disciple makers and what i love about our vbs which a lot of different Yes, is out there, but we do it um, consecutive weeks. Yes. So if you're on vacation this week, don't feel like you've missed it all. There are two other weeks that you can come and join on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy that. I think it's very practical to do something like that. I think VBSs are great. However you do VBS is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I like that. Just what you said, that families that are either on vacation and also the the average attender that we have over each night sustains pretty high high because there's a week in between on stuff like that. So it's really good. Well, hey guys, if you've got any questions about anything uh, in regards to the sermon or life in general, if you want to know why God put you on this earth, you can contact John Murphy. (laughs) (laughs) No, hey, shoot us an email at info at westsidepb.org. We would love to answer any question, theological, biblical, anything like that. And most importantly, at the end of the day, we pray that everything that we do is all about Jesus. Love you guys. Deuces. Flesh on the idea that it's a relationship in this aspect. I mean, I think what you talked about on Sunday, saying that, um, you know, drawing the parallels to the Islam faith, mm. where there's, you know, so many names for for Allah, but yeah. not one of them is father. Yep. Mm-hmm. And bringing it down to that relationship that, that we all have one, whether it was a good one or a bad one, sure. we all know what a father is. Yes. And just, you know, being it so personal and relational that way is 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 huge for me. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes it it's the again, C. S. Lewis said the God that's close. Yeah. You know, not just the God that created the universe, but the God that like wants a relationship, you know, for sure. How about you guys? Go ahead, Haley. My brain's like <laughs> absorbing John's information. I think um, growing up, there was still a very high reverence of God, even at church. Um, I think <laughs> I went to Canacook one time, and they called him Daddy God, yeah, and I just Papa remember, Bear. I just remember being like, "Y'all about to get hit by lightning!" Like, I don't know if yeah. you, you know. And I still kind of believe that, but anyway. Yeah, right. no. I mean, it was it was a little too relaxed sure, for me, sure. but yeah. the fact that it's reactionary, can, yeah, 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 that you can come to him as a father, and um, I think a lot of times our relationship that we see is like Bruce Almighty, and he's like, "Smite me, Almighty, smite right. yes. you know. And I, I think about that scene often. Yes, yes. Um, but then, just to realize that that God's up there 
like his, you're breaking his heart. I think sometimes we think we can't break his heart, you know, but like you can, and he's still choosing to love. And even the fact of like Hosea, Hosea had a choice, like God called him, but he had a choice to obey and to choose to walk this and to choose if he was going to love Gomer and like. God is not smite me, almighty oh smiter. He, sure. he has this whole plan lined out. Yep. He has these opportunities for you and you get to choose. Yeah, it's interesting. The book of uh, Romans says, it is the goodness and kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always want to read that to the street preacher guy. Yeah. I want to be like, have you read? And they'll be like, well, yelling at these people is loving. And I'll be like, yeah. oh, okay, you're that guy. Okay, I got you, buddy. You know. But like Hosea chapter 11 says, God says in the New Living Translation version, like, oh, Israel, I can't let you go. And my heart is ripped in my chest. And I just thought the whole week, like that language that God is using, I don't know. It, it it brings a lot more gravitas to me of what sin and and that is in that sense. Then then it makes sense. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can, you know, all of that type of stuff like that. So yeah, it's pretty powerful. Pretty powerful stuff. What's been your overall vibe so far of just the prophets? We kind of launched it, Pentecost. Then we're in, we did Joel, now we're Hosea. We kind of reviewed, talked about what a prophet is, all of that type of stuff like that. What's your vibes when it comes to the prophets? I mean, I'm excited that we're walking through them. I don't feel like we get taught a bunch, and I feel like like I like the idea that they're concise. They Mm. have a point. Yeah. This is what this is. I think sometimes some of the books cover so much. Hundreds of years. Yeah. And I'm like, what is the theme? Oh, we're in a new section. I don't know if I know enough history or I don't feel equipped enough sometimes. And like, let's cross-reference. And I'm really liking the idea of like, hey, this is is the word. Yeah. This is, and I think for a new believer, this series is, amazing mm, like great. you're gonna cover so much bible so many great points and yeah. the fact that like what you said it's return to god repent right. i mean like remember the covenant man those are the that's the key points of christianity yep i mean i think a lot of it there's so much that you can learn and you can dive into but especially for a new believer if you have a friend who doesn't know anything or just wants to like this is an easy way for you to teach the gospel over the summer of just like, come hear this. It's all of them are different, but all of them are the same. Like come to God, repent, know the covenant, love each other. I mean, it's just, it's kind of jelly on the bottom shelf. (laughs) Hey, I like that. You know, and and I think a lot of times we think the prophets outdated, that's history, just exactly what you're saying. And the reality is, is the Bible is like a diamond that when light shines through, it gives you many colors from one stone. Yeah. And and what we're doing in the Minor Prophets is we're just kind of tilting the diamond and we're seeing the different facets. So, you know, Hosea is this God saying, I'm going to woo you and speak tenderly. And this week in Amos, the second verse is God roars like a lion yeah. from Judah. <laughs> You're like... Okay, this is a different aspect of the stone here. You know what I mean? But I think it's so important because Paul talks about the whole counsel of God. 
And, and I think that's the key when it comes to it. Yeah. I think for me is just like you said, drawing those parallels between the old Testament and the new Testament and mm. seeing how prophecies are fulfilled. Yeah. And you know, with, with uh, Hosea, you can see direct correlation to Jesus and, yep. and God's yeah. relationship there. Yep. And then with, you know, Joel and, and Paul talking about those things, yep. it's, it's, it's for me drawing those connections between those the, yeah. the testaments of the Bible yep. from a historical aspect or just from a literary standpoint, or just, you know, just seeing that it's all connected. Like you said, a diamond, yeah. like a facets of a diamond. I think you'll appreciate this for, even just from a literary literary perspective, yeah. dude. How crazy is the story of the Bible? Yeah. That you've got from Genesis and you know the the sword with an angel. Yeah. And then Jesus dies and or Moses is supposed to stitch an angel for to separate the path and then Jesus dies in the tur- curtain temple like mm-hmm. just from a literary standpoint it's like an M Night Shyamalan movie yeah. like oh, yeah. every national treasure yeah, right, right. <laughs> just boom 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 it's just these dominoes yeah. i don't know i love it yeah, i just sure. i love it for sure yeah. what's your vibe nick from the minor prophets um, I'm teaching it to kids this summer. Yeah. So for me, absolutely, John, I agree. The parallel between who Jesus is good. and what God said he was, that it a lot lines up with God's promise. He said this way back here in the Old Testament. Yep. And then how you can flip here in the New Testament, and this is where Jesus is. Yeah, I did good. explain to children that we are the Gomer, mm-hmm. um, and they don't fully understand the yeah. concept of sure. how Bad Gomer yeah. was God sinning. just tried to love someone who didn't love him. No, and yeah, that's, right. you know, but the point of, hey, you're breaking God's heart yeah. through disobedience is what we do on the daily as adults when we think we've got it together. Kids, you're no different. Your yep. parents don't have it more together. Yeah. So I think teaching it to the kids is very real for me. I'm seeing new things it's good. that I've never seen before, which is super fun when you get to show kids Jesus in a very real broken world through his word. Yeah, that's good, man. That's really good. I'm excited about it. Most of all, I'm excited about having you guys on the team, man. This has been fun. It's really good. Nikki, you got anything else? Any major questions? Okay, I got one more. I mean, something that the listeners need to know. And and Jason, I'm going to include you in on this. Okay. Yep, Westside staff. We are team Westside. Let's go. Okay, so here we go. You're the lead in the movie. It's a big movie. It's a big oh, summer man. movie. Like I had five kids as their one good thing. Like this, Top Gun. Well, I'm just saying it's big. a it's a big <laughs> okay. big summer movie time. Blockbuster. All the big ones are coming out. All right. You're the lead in the movie. You're getting ready to go for the big scene, whether it's a big fight scene, big, whatever. Okay. What's the theme song that comes on? What's your theme song? What's the big soundtrack? It's the big hit of the soundtrack of your movie. Oh. Is it Jason, one, so? It's a soundtrack that's already existed. It's, your or, call? Jason's like I'm Jason Jordan new for yeah. me, something fresh. Or or the it movie, can just be a song. The movie of Jason Jordan, the hit of the soundtrack yeah. is. <laughs> I'm probably gonna okay. My movie is gonna be a super sad drama, okay? Because that's like <laughs> my personality, and it's probably like maybe the climactic scene that's like that's coming in that moment, um, it's probably going to be a Beatles song. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, or if it's a super sad, heartbreaking movie, it might be Tyler Childress, Bottles and Bibles. Oh, like, that's just, a good one. That's a good song. <laughs> just this ah, drama thing. So yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. So that's what Beatles got. song? Because that's, that's a broad Oh pick. man, there's so many. There's so many. And every album's different too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just... 
That that would be impossible for me to answer that. So this is the kind of mom I am. When the iPod touches come out, my kids both got them for Christmas. Yeah. The first song, both of them, I picked one Beatles song for both of them. Didn't care what else they chose yep. to go on it, but both of them had a Beatles song. Raise a child in the way and they should go. Yeah, they needed to know. <laughs> yes. John? Theme music. Oh. Can, can this you come is back the music guy. <laughs> this is like the hardest question for him to yeah, answer. Like, what's your favorite? What's your favorite song? I don't know. All of them. <laughs> All of music. I'm a music teacher. Yeah, Let's, come back to me. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Do you have one, Haley? I mean, I feel like I maybe should have read the questions and sure. thought about this one a little more. But the thing that comes to mind, which is probably not great, eh. um, but it would clearly be a comedy of some sort. Probably a little romantic comedy, but. It's definitely going to, I would be played by that girl that's often blonde who has the accent who I can't think of her name at all. Gotcha. <laughs> blonde that's with it. an accent. The, gotcha. uh, the Netflix high school movie. Why can't nobody? The Netflix Are you talking school. like Rebel Wilson? Yes. Okay. She would be wow. me. Okay. Okay. Welcome to my brain. Yeah. And so all that comes to mind is when Rebel Wilson is finally going to go do whatever I'm going to go do. I get knocked down. Oh, you know, yeah, some chumbawamba. I like it. Tub thumper. I wow. like it a lot. All right, Mr. Murphy. Oh man, I feel like it's going to be anticlimactic. You guys put or too just much. one? Yeah, just, just one. Right now. Yeah, it's going to be by a composer. I've seen Tom. I've seen the new Top Gun movie twice now, and yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good soundtrack too. It is. Yeah, I would say probably it's going to be, uh, you know, some some classical musical piece. Uh, you know, probably something by uh, Brahms. Okay. You know, it's like okay. Some, some very mellow piano, but it's going to be dramatic. I feel like a movie. In about, a minor chord? Yeah. Yeah. yeah lots okay. of minor chords. <laughs> uh, I feel like a movie about me would be very dramatic. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. good. Yeah. I love it. I like so, great. so my movie scene, I'm thinking Dead Poets Society, Oh Captain, My Captain. Okay. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Or, you know, Goodwill Hunting, He Stole My Line. You know, like, that's <laughs> my movie scene. So, yeah. yeah. What Mr. is yours? I love this. Um, so I am an action movie kind of girl. Like top, I'm yeah. like all for love the action. It. So I'm going like the Top Gun soundtrack is really good. For sure. The Forrest Gump soundtrack oh, yeah. is oh. like one of my favorites of all times. Yeah. I've bought it a couple of times because yeah. I've wore it out. Sure. Um, but I really think the song that would probably um, come out that would be my song. This is it. Um would be a Garth Brooks song. Oh, great. Yeah, because that speaks to my country bumpkin self. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. John and Haley, welcome to the team. Love you guys. Excited for the future. Hey, in the future, if you've got any questions, um, going through the Minor Profits, any questions about Westside, shoot us an email at info at westsidepb.org, or you can check us out on Facebook. You can go to our website at westsidepb.org to check out more about us tune in on sundays in person at 10 a.m facebook live at 10 a.m and never forget that it is all about jesus we love you guys peace